Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What do you do when these penalties get called and they're not right? And it affects, as Joey Bosa said, ruins their whole season. With the gambling, it's just, we got to get these things right. I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. You got to get it right. Earlier on the show, Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young. Coming up, Pro Football Hall of Famer Troy Aikman. Plus, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show here live in Los Angeles on the Roku channel, Terrestrial Radio, Sirius XM, Odyssey, our podcast, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. You can't avoid us. As, uh, quite frankly, uh, uh, what I'd like to start hour number three by saying. Uh, we had a great conversation in hour number one with Steve Young, Pro Football Hall of Famer and 49er great, uh, with the Cowboys taking on the 49ers this very weekend. So we talked to Steve Young, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Got to be fair and balanced. We went straight up the flow chart as uh, we can here on this program. And kicking off hour number three, joining us here on the on the show, uh, fresh off of a dynamite first year with Joe Buck on ESPN and Monday Night Football, is Pro Football Hall of Famer and Cowboy great Troy Aikman. How you doing, Troy? Doing great, Rich. Thank you for having me. No, thanks for doing it. Especially since, yeah. again, I follow you on Instagram. I saw the photograph that you posted today. God bless you for saying, okay, I'll still call the show. Thank you very much, <laughs> yeah, Troy. absolutely. You're a good man. So uh, let's just jump right into it here. Um, I say Cowboys 49ers. You remember what? What do you remember, Troy? Uh, well, well, the word that comes to mind is championships. I, I, you know, whether it was us or them, I think it was just championship football. Really, uh, it was a great period. It was a great period for for the Cowboys and for the Forty ers uh, I, I know that the matchups that we had uh, in those championship games, we, you know, we won two and they won one. But there was always a lot at stake. Uh, whenever we played in the regular season, the difference between then and now is when we would play each other in the regular season. We knew that whoever won that game uh, would be then hosting uh, the NFC Championship game against the the other team, and that's the way that it worked. Um, and so it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I love the matchups with Steve. I know you had him on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, this week will be another great matchup between these two story franchises. He said the ninety two game may s- still makes him want to throw up in his mouth, Troy. That's what he yeah. said, quote unquote, is what he said. And he mentioned how you know you guys and Irv tells me this all the time that you were still ascending and then the general uh, thought um, and conventional wisdom is you were still, Moose said this to us on on Wednesday, we had him on, still a while away or a year away potentially. What, what was your recollection of going into that first 
championship game. By the way, the last road playoff win for the Cowboys until the Monday nighter that you called with Joe, uh, Troy. What do you think? Your memory's that one. Of the 92 game? Yes, sir. Yeah, so th- there was a lot There was a lot to that season. If, uh, a lot of people, what they don't remember, they, re- they remember, of course, the year that Steve Young had and that team had. They were 14-2. and two. They were the number one seed. Uh, we had had our best year and the best year in Cowboys history uh, at 13-3, and three, and we were then traveling, of course, to Candlestick. If, if, if people out there are old enough and remember, uh, uh, Joe Montana was still on that team, and he played the final week of the season because it was not a meaningful game uh, for the 49ers, and he played great. And I remember thinking to myself that if we met the 49ers, that was a good thing for us, that – you know, maybe then there was a little bit of controversy as far as who might be the quarterback going into the postseason, uh, of course, with Joe and all that he had accomplished for that franchise. And then when we got to the championship game, I, they were a veteran team, a lot of playoff experience, Super Bowl experience, of course, and championships under their belt. And I don't know, at least for me, I never really gave a lot of thought to what might happen if we actually won the game. I just remember that the pressure was off of us because Jimmy had pretty much told everyone going into training camp that <laughs> our goal was we had to we had to be better than the year before. We had to at least make it to the NFC Championship game. So we had accomplished that. We were a young team, the youngest in football. And we went out and played this veteran team uh, at, on the road. And uh, 60 minutes later, all of a sudden, we've won the game. It's kind of like, whoa, <laughs> we have, we're actually going to the Super Bowl. And and, yeah, we didn't feel like we were quite there at that point, uh, but obviously we were, and then we'd go on to win uh, two of the next three after that as well. Yeah, and then, um, you know, uh, obviously the Super Bowl run that you guys went on, and then the the 94 game, uh, I asked Moose Johnston point blank if, if you would have won four in a row if you'd won that game, and then we would be talking about you and your team, uh, even though we revere it and talk about it so much. But yeah. as a dynastic team, and we'd be talking about it in a totally different light right now. Yeah, I think that- so. Um, it, it, what we felt, and I think most football fans felt it as well, that the NFC Championship game in, in that stretch mm-hmm. was really the Super Bowl uh, because I, we just felt that the NFC conference was stronger than whatever came out of the AFC. And, you know, that was a – it was a great game. We didn't play our best football in that 94 championship game. Uh, but then the 49ers went on and played San Diego, and they, they dominated that game and played exceptionally well. So I, I, I'd like to think uh, that, yeah, had we have been able to get past, that's a big if, mm. to get past them. And then the following year after that, in 95, we played the Green Bay Packers. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's hard to believe. I will tell you in context, to put it all in context, Yes. Uh, in what I felt was a, was a really uh, fortunate career on my behalf to have played in four NFC championship games last year, or excuse me, last week when we were preparing for the Bucks and Cowboys, Brady, who has played in 14 championship games. So <laughs> it's kind of like, crazy. oh man, I thought I had done a little something. <laughs> but everybody, everybody, right? It pales. I mean, yeah. let, let's be honest. Troy, Amazing is that on the line on Monday night, amongst everything else, 
was whoever won the game would come up with a 36th all-time playoff win. And by that, I mean Brady individually or Cowboys as an organization. (laughs) Yeah, no, when you consider the fact that, well, Tom Brady, okay, here's the other part of that, and I'm sure that you've talked about it on your show and stuff. But, you know, here's a guy who, of course, is 45, who's played as long as he has. He has played another three full seasons in playoff games alone. Mm. I mean, three more years worth of playoff games. Mm. And and people can't really understand. They think, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that's right. But three more years added to what was al- what has already been an amazing career of longevity is pretty incredible. And to have won, to have won more playoff games than anyone else has even played in. I, I just don't know that the numbers, you can talk about them all day. I just don't know that anyone can fully comprehend what he's been able to accomplish. And they're always talking about records, and they're made to be broken. And I get all that. But I cannot imagine anyone ever coming close to the records that he has. Forget the championships, but just the, uh, the, the yards and the touchdowns and the wins. And all of that, because I just don't think, even though we're protecting quarterbacks more, I just don't think, I, I do think we're going to see a lot of players playing into their 40s. I don't think we're going to see a lot of players playing until the, they're 45, 46 years old. But on top of that, you have to play at a really high level every year. And I, to me, that's the greatness of him. Not, not all of the years played, but all of the years played at a great level is, is, is what impresses me. Troy Eggman here on the Rich Eisen Show. And while we're on the subject of Brady, before we get uh, back to the current iteration of the Cowboys and the 49ers and the rest of the weekend, um, you know, you talk about Brady records, not like this is a record. It's just a, a numbers thing. For, for, we'll never see a 45-year-old playing a playoff game again be asked to throw the ball 21 more times wow. than his age, right? And, yeah. and also not think for a split second like he can't hold up, right? I mean, <laughs> and so, and so th- that's the whole point. So when I saw him in Munich when the rest of the game day morning gang with Irv and, and Mooch and, and Kurt met with, with Brady, the sense I got was he knew he still had his physical abilities right it's just the team that he had won a super bowl with two years ago for some reason couldn't find that next gear whether it was maybe the upfront protection or the run game whatever but just the frustration i sensed just a frustration from him is that that next gear was not there and and there was a question if they would ever find it and and they did find it in that game but ultimately they couldn't i'm wondering the brady that you and and joe and the rest of the crew found when you got ready for this game and your impressions, Troy. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I mean, you don't you don't achieve greatness uh, without having high standards. And what he expected of himself, and what he expected of those teams, and this team this year, and to to come up short. And and the bar, of course, is is high because I think in all of his years prior to this year, the lowest he had ever finished, a, a Brady led offense had never finished uh, below 12th in the league in scoring. And of course they'd never had a losing season. And then on top of that, the struggles this year on the field, then in his personal life. So I just think it's been a, a really tough, tough year for him. Unprecedented in so many ways. Uh, most of us, uh, we experienced those, you know, more than once in a, in a career, he's, he's been very fortunate, but this team, when you looked at them, you thought, even though they had the injuries, a lot of teams have injuries, but they just never, 
it, they never reached their uh, their full potential, in my opinion. And I really thought, Rich, going into last week's game against Dallas, I thought we would see the best version of Tampa that we've seen all year. But instead, uh, it was much the same. It w- I, I think Tampa Bay uh, was one of the most underachieving, maybe the most underachieving team uh, in the NFL this year mm. uh, when you look at you know what they were able to do. But then when their backs were against the wall, they they found a way to to make a play or uh, to go down the field and come away with a touchdown and then win a game and do just enough to get themselves in it. And I, but I, I I really did think we would we would get their best version, and I was uh, I was disappointed. Of course, the game itself uh, wasn't all that compelling, and that was disappointing for those of us that called the game. But I just thought we'd see more than than what we got. But with Tom. I'm hopeful he comes back and plays. Um, I still think that he can play at the level required to achieve all the things that, that he would like to. Um, and there's a lot of people I talk to within their organization, although they don't know anything, but they sense that he will be back, which I found interesting because had I not have called that game and anyone have asked me, what do you think Tom's going to do next year? I would have said, you know, my guess is he'll probably retire. But now I'm not so sure. Um, so I guess we'll find out in due time. And then the, the sense maybe staying there. I mean, what, what? I guess what is your sense, your Hall of Fame sense, and you know, quarterback sense of being in the same room as him? Because again, I I think it really all comes down to that. Whatever he may think has been degraded, uh, his maybe his ability to process something quicker you know in a 45 year old brain uh than that or slower than he used to or or skipping a throw that he would make in his sleep like if that's the sort of evaluation that will spit out the answer of i should retire only he can make that evaluation what do you think yeah, I you're think sensing that's fair. what do you think yeah i think that's fair that that at the end of the day i mean i and i think he will i i think i think tom has the ability uh and the awareness uh, to evaluate his play and his abilities and skills and where is he in the context of being able to compete at the level that you know you have to get to to be able to to go on and play and achieve. Like I said, he's not interested in just playing to play. He, right. He's he's playing to win a championship. And whether or not that's in Tampa, Rich, I guess to answer your question, I, I'm not real sure. I don't know how all that exactly you know plays out. But I, he knows, as we all do, uh, and not – it doesn't matter that he's 45. Um, I think if you're 35 and you're going somewhere, you're, you're saying as a quarterback, look, I want to have good players around me. I want to be protected. I want to, you know, great defense, all those things. So it doesn't, it doesn't change. I mean, for instance, Tom's game hasn't changed over the years. What, what allows him to win is just being really smart, knowing where to go with the football, knowing situations and, and knowing how to play winning, winning football. And so uh, it's not like all of a sudden his legs have been taken away from him from where he was earlier in his career. So the things that, that Tom's wanted around him are the same things all quarterbacks want around him. And if he can have that, uh, I think he loves the game enough. You don't play that long if, unless you just really love to compete. Uh, and lo- but it's a grind, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, I'm, I'm hopeful that he continues to play. But where that might be or if it might happen uh, is anyone's guess. All right, in my remaining time with you, let's let's hit the, the current Cowboys-Niners game. Obviously, you, you had the Cowboys just on Monday. You had the Niners uh, on Monday night twice. You had Jimmy G's yeah. first full home start coming off of that loss to Denver um, against the Rams. And then, and then you had the Mexico City game, so you didn't even see Purdy. I mean, how do you – 
How, how do you even compute what this kid is doing right now, Troy? Pretty I mean, incredible. Uh, Brock, he came he came in off the bench in that game because San Francisco in Mexico City because they were winning by so much late in the game. Right. Uh, but what he's done, it's it's really it's a great testament to him, but it is also to the coaching staff. I just think I'm not saying not you can't just put anyone in that position and they're going to have success. But I do believe there are offensive coordinators and play callers around the league that, uh, that make the game very quarterback friendly. And Kyle Shanahan does that. And so with the running game and their style of play, if you're, if you're smart and make good decisions and you're accurate with the football, you have a chance as a quarterback within that scheme to, to have a lot of success. And it's obvious I've not met Brock. It's obvious that he possesses all of those things, which is why they were bringing him in, which is why they drafted him. Mr. Irrelevant or not, they, they brought him in. They saw something in him. I was just told this the other day. Uh, I didn't know, and I, and I haven't verified it, but my offensive coordinator at UCLA, Steve Axman, was his high school coach uh, in Arizona. So uh, if that's true, he got some good coaching at a young age. And so I'm excited about it and looking forward to it. I think that the you go back to last year's game where where San Francisco dominated that game was just the, the, the physical play in which uh, they go about their business. And not many teams are able to match that physical style. In Dallas, at least, they've got enough players on this team this year that experienced it. They know what they're going in against, and they've got to match it. Now, they had a lot of penalties in that game. Dallas did. They've cleaned a lot of that up. But if they don't match the 49ers' physical style of play, uh, they're going to have a hard time keeping up with them. Well, Jerry Jones told me uh, a couple years ago, uh, Troy, that uh, he, uh, prior to your last Super Bowl win, uh, he said he uh, he told God that if he got a third Super Bowl, he would never ask for another. And now he wants to. Re- <laughs> he said, hey, "Quote unquote." Now I'd like to redo that deal. Um, <laughs> I mean, wh- wh- yeah. I can only imagine what he. Wh- what what would this what would this mean? This run mean? Do you think for the Metroplex and for him, Troy? Well, it would it would mean every. It's been so long, and it's been such uh, a, a topic of discussion for the past twenty five years. Uh, <laughs> with the struggles that Dallas has had, not, not having made it to the NFC championship game, not having won a Super Bowl, uh, and all that has happened since Jimmy Johnson walked out those doors, that I, I, I think this would kind of be the, the, the cherry on the pie, you know, to where he could feel good about what he's been able to accomplish, uh, that being Jerry. You know, I think this one, I, I think all of them have meant a great deal to him. My guess is, and I certainly don't want to speak for Jerry, but my guess uh, is that if they were able to, to win this game, win next week's game, win the game after that, you know, we're talking about a lot of ifs, but if it were to happen, I would have to think that this one would, would, would carry a significance with Jerry that probably the, uh, the, the other Super Bowls that we won uh, maybe quite don't reach. I think this one would be very impactful for Jerry and what it would mean to him. And obviously to beat San Francisco and then maybe take on Philadelphia or the Giants, you know, some old school NFC East stuff. I mean, it's just, yeah. there's a lot of old school. Um, and then you Burrow and Allen, who you saw together before that horrible moment that, thank goodness, DeMar Hamlin seems to be yep. coming back from and Mahomes and Lawrence. Great weekend, Troy, and I appreciate you taking the time. 
How's the beer? Absolutely, Rich. Always. How's Thanks, the, buddy. How's the beer doing? Before I let you go, what's going it's on? It's doing. It's doing awesome. Yeah, we got to get. We're going to get into some other states, but all those listeners out there, come to Texas and try some. You'll love it. It is amazing. Eight beer. Check it out. Troy Aikman. Thanks for the time. I'll see you at the Super Thank Bowl you. if not before. Thanks for the call. Uh, that's Troy Aikman, everybody. Hall of Famer. That's my quarterback, man. That's your quarterback. That's my quarterback. That is. He's so good. He sounds. He sound. I think he sounds like Madden. He's got a certain cadence to him. I think he sounds like a guy that woke up in paradise. He's a good. He's he's really great at what he does, and and what he used to do, and what he used to do for you. Three of them things. You can listen to the NFL and the NFL app on the Odyssey app on Westwood One Sports via Westwood One Station Stream, sponsored by AutoZone. When we come back, the one player that I'm singling out that he needs to have a monster game for his team to win this weekend. And then there's your phone calls, 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. This NFL postseason, every Westwood One NFL broadcast streams live for free, all on the road to Super Bowl 57. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports here on the Roku channel, here on Sirius XM Odyssey, and also the Rich Eisen Show radio network, powered by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Alan Dallas, let's take your call. What's up, Al? How you been? Speaking of an RES brother, brother, um, listen, I've had uh, I've had Aikman's beer. It's pretty good, by the way. It is, so, by the way. Uh, yeah. I am. I, I'm. I'm not saying the excuse. Just hung up the phone. 
As you know, I prefer if I have my choice, I'll go red wine, a uh, yep. big boom in red wine. But mm-hmm. uh, he brought some of his eight beer last Super Bowl, last year for the Super Bowl, yeah. right? Yep. And so I think uh, you have it in your stein there, Brock. Do you have it? You've got one in there. Is that what you got? Hold on, let me see. What Here you go. Uh, and I had it. It's really good. I mean, yeah. And and I do love the design too. It's just two blue squares on a white bottle that, Look when you it. hold it up, white can it. It's the number eight. Yeah. And so, it's an empty yeah. can from last year. You know, okay, there it is. <laughs> hey, I've, had it, I've had it on draft, ice cold draft. It's very, very good. But, very good. Uh, but I, but I, you know, I digress. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Richard, what do you think? I like him. I like him. I like your G-man. I do. Uh, I have one more day to keep talking myself into taking him on national television tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, this you know, kid played the greatest game he's ever played in his life. I think it's repeatable. Uh, I think it's repeatable. Obviously, the Vikings defense is not up to snuff no, with the, with the no. Eagles. It's a totally different animal, a totally different animal. And, um, you know, the Vikings just fired their defensive coordinator. That ain't happening in yeah. Philadelphia. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's a different animal, but I, I, I just I like I like your Giants. I don't yeah, know. Why. I mean, listen, it's it's house money, right? It's house money. I, I mean, you know what? They go out there, play their game, do what they got to do. Saquon, you know, ran the ball like he did at Penn State. For God's sakes, right? Like he looked, he looked great. The team played hard. The team's healthy. Playing hard for the coach. Yeah. You know, uh, well, listen, is Philadelphia – can Philadelphia win the Super Bowl? Yeah, they're yeah. a talented team. So let's just – you know, we've been here before, you know. We've been, there, we've been in these situations before, and the Giants have, uh, have won games that they shouldn't have in the past, and I think we have the heart and the team to do it. And if they lose and they go out well, so be it. You know, we have the foundation for the future, which is all – I mean, this is house money. This is ridiculous. So I'm, I'm excited. Al, I, I hear you. Um, that said – it's entirely possible. Yeah, I mean that the Giants win this one and you know take on a Dallas team that they know really well. They last saw on Thanksgiving that didn't go as well as you'd like. Uh, how great would that be for me? By the way, I, mean, I know. Here, I, mean, I, I hear you, uh, San Francisco. You want to go down memory lane? Giants and Niners. There's some pretty lush history yeah. there too. But look, you're you're right. It is house money, but I. I do think Daniel Jones has arrived. I really feel that way. And I know John Mara said after the game, we're back, which is a very unlike Mara thing to say. But totally. um, good luck to you, Al. Let's chat on Monday. Thanks. Call on Thanks. Monday. Thank there you, you go. All the Giant fans can't believe it. It is happening. Fitz in Dallas, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Fitz? Gentlemen. Happy Friday. How are we doing? We're good. What up, what up, what up? We're ready for four dynamite playoff games, hopefully. So we're ready for it. Yeah, the, well, the first thing out of my mouth should have been, hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate you picking up on me. And I I beg your pardon, it's been a little spotty this week listening to the show. I, one of a couple things, too, or first, um, wanted to get your all take on the short week. Yeah. I just wonder. I wonder why the competition committee okayed a Friday night game. Um, it just seems like the balance is kind of off. Um, you know, they're having they got two extra days to prep the Niners. But with that being said, not worrying about it because I'm a glass half full guy. And I honestly believe that Brock Purdy's been on fire. You, we all know, sometimes you do for a bad game. 
And I think that this weekend, Mr. Purdy has his, uh, or Mr. Irrelevant has his uh, work cut out for him. And I'll, I, uh, I'll get off the line and, and let you guys discuss, but I sure do appreciate it. And, thanks, Fitz. Uh, always appreciate love it. the show, gentlemen. Thank well, you, thank brother. You, I appreciate it. Here's the deal is that, yeah, Purdy might be due for a bad game. Uh, I mean, that that's uh, that's obvious, right? He's due. He's due. I remember growing up in, uh, in Staten Island, New York, watching uh, uh, Phil Rizzuto call Yankee games. He would always say, holy cow, here comes Winfield. He's old for his last 15. He's due. Like, instead of saying, what's wrong, that he went over for 15, he would spin due. it to a positive, he's due. Uh, yeah, I mean, Purdy is due, but you need to have a good team to overcome that stuff. Let's use the examples of the two other guys that we keep on mentioning in the same breath as Purdy. Kurt Warner was on with you and Suze yesterday, you guys, mm-hmm. and Tom Brady. Kurt Warner in his um, American underdog carpet ride the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers almost ruined it, right? That was 99, correct? 11 to 6 final score? Or was that 01? Good question. Stand by. Forget which carpet ride wound up being almost drilled. Could be 01, probably. But games where you think. No, that was 99. 99, right? Yeah. Okay. Warner's due for a bad game. Buccaneers come in, hold them to 11 points, but three picks. The Rams defense went ahead and finished that thing up too, yeah. right? Brady, everybody kind of forgets about that run Brady went on in in um, in his championship season of 01. That uh, everybody thinks it was like Purdy. It just he didn't lose and he just went right to the podium, and there was no question he was going to start. He got hurt in the AFC Championship game. Drew Bledsoe had to finish that thing up. So, yeah, Purdy could be due for a bad game, but they got the rest of the guys around him to potentially survive it. That's why I'm still very confident. What makes Purdy great or helps him be great and avoid the bad game can overcome a bad game from him. So, due to our uh, new relationship with our friends at uh, Monster.com, each week for the rest of these playoffs, I'm going to give you a player who needs to have a monster game in order to add to their resume a playoff win. And this person will be dubbed the Monster Athlete of the Week. And I'm going to try and not go quarterbacks. Clearly, I could go Daniel Jones. He's got to have a monster game, right? He needs to. And, you know, certainly Jacksonville got to have a monster game from Trevor Lawrence. I I just won't do I I refuse to do that. The same way that a resume has smaller bullet points, I'm going to go that way too. The Monster Athlete of the Week. This guy, I believe, needs to have a monster game for the Jacksonville Jaguars to win. I'm going to go with the other Clemson Tiger. I'm going with Travis Etienne. That's where I'm going. 
this guy needs to have one of those games where he can't be stopped and he provides the balance. He's the guy that's going to get it done. Let's not forget in this comeback win that Jacksonville just had over the Chargers. They didn't abandon the run. They didn't in the way that, say, the Buccaneers totally abandoned it on Monday night. They fell behind 18-0. Could have been 21, but thanks to TJ's kicker, Brett Maher, he was not very accurate, although apparently was in practice this week. But I wasn't going Brett Maher. I'm, I'm going Travis Etienne. He had 109 yards rushing in the win over the Chargers and 12 receiving yards. But this is the guy that needs to have a monster game. Look at his last five games. And the overtime went over Dallas. He had 100 yards rushing. He had 100 yards from scrimmage against the Jets on a Monday night, on uh, Thursday night right after that. Uh, he was, I mean, he, he took the rest of the day off in Houston, right? He ripped one off. He had a 60-yarder against Houston. Part of his 108 yards. An off night. Like, this is why I'm, I think he's got to have this monster game. An off night against Tennessee almost cost him. And then, of course, his rushing against the Chargers and what put him over 100 yards rushing on the night was that neat, nifty call on fourth and inches that set up the game-winning field goal for him. 1,125 rush yards on the year. He averages almost half a first down every single time he runs it. He can also be a guy out of the backfield that causes consternation for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going Travis Etienne. Guy on your fantasy team, I know you like him. I do. I think we all had him, didn't we? Or you and I? I mean, I just had him, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I could go receive, but this is a guy who's going to get it. And And he's getting the ball. Not surprisingly, I saw this week the Chiefs' defensive plan. I saw a reporting coming out of Kansas City, our NFL Network's James Palmer, who I follow on Twitter. I love his information as much as his hair. Don't <laughs> care for his college football uh, team. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hey, he's, he's, he's just under Breer, under the trolling. Oh, Breer. Did not yeah. know Was that. he state? Did not know yeah. that. Yeah. No. State. Um, the state. Ohio, Ohio State. The. Oh, he's so both he, Ohio State. So he... He said that the Chiefs' defensive game plan is to stop ETN and make Trevor Lawrence beat them. Makes sense. I mean, good luck. Makes I know I I know it's yeah, like make yeah. Trevor Lawrence beat you. This is a yeah. guy who yeah had four interceptions, but then he turns around four touchdowns. Right. Good luck. Ask the Dallas Cowboys if that worked out for him. Ask obviously. Pretty much any team, <laughs> any team after the Jaguars lost in Kansas City. Earlier this year. At any rate, Travis Etienne is the Monster Athlete of the Week. And Monster.com can help you tackle the job search and make your next career move. It's time to get off the sidelines. Go to Monster.com and win the job hunt. Let's take a break. When we come back here, we do our best to get you set for the weekend. Not only with me setting the table as to what's at stake. As you know, I'm a what's at stake guy. Yeah. But also, we like steak. Mike Del Tufo lets you know about the weather. I try. Because guess what? All the games, 
They're outside. Yeah. Oh, we love it. No dome games. Nope. Yes. Don't miss this. It's always entertaining. <laughs> With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Outfit, radios, uh, along with the the Roku channel. 15 years ago today, you know what debuted 15 years ago today? Yeah, I saw saw that, yeah. Breaking Bad. Bad. 15 years ago today. That first show. I watched it. I watched it, and I was so blown away, and I called Susie, and I'm like, you got to watch it. And I watched it again, and she wasn't into it. Wow. Because it was dark and it there was like nobody that you could really like or get into, that was, you know? That's understandable. And yeah. she just was like, I, I'm so, you know, it's again, one of those things where, so I'm, I'm going to continue watching this. We're, we're cool, right? Like we're going to go our separate ways on the Breaking Bad front here in the same way that she hosed me on finishing up White Lotus after we, we thought we, we were on a break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all right, chit. and and she she right, then Ross. finished up uh, watching White Lotus, and then I come back like twenty four hours later. No disrespect to White Lotus, but there, I, I realize it wins a lot of awards. I ain't breaking bad. I, I agree with you. No, good show though. Million percent, totally agree with you. But anyway, um, and so I started watching it. I watched season one and season two, and then I finally turn around and see. I'm like. No, no, you have to watch it. This is one of those like preemptories where I know you're out, but you got we got you gotta get back in. You to pull her back and in I started like binge watching it from the very beginning with her again, and watching that the second time, I'm beginning to watch and see the Easter eggs that they lay yeah. down and the the stuff that you pick up that you clearly didn't the first time, just trying to follow the plot, mm-hmm. and just again the acting. Oh, amazing. And the storytelling and the directing, it is the greatest over-the-air cable show ever. Where you're, you, you know, there were some curse words, and there were, but they didn't, you know, they still had some guardrails that yeah. say an HBO show doesn't. Yep. Like, I, I don't know, can you have a red wedding scene on AMC? No. No, you know what I mean. Like, Sopranos was good. would never. None of those. That's what I'm saying. None of them. Boardwalk Empire. None of that. Well, also, guys, you know, the first season the and a half was it was slow. 
So I can no understand question. how, in, but the middle of the, well, like season, season two, it's insane. season two also got interrupted with the writer's strike. So it was only like six episodes, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I forgot. But yeah. So, but 15 years ago today, where we were first introduced <laughs> to the chemistry teacher, Walter White. And I just saw a scene from season three where Hank, his brother-in-law, who's in law enforcement, oh. grabs one of those huge duffel bags that's yes. filled with some of the money that he has from, you know, s- selling his uh, his meth. And and Walter's carrying it, and Hank's like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll put it in the back of the truck. And he won't let go he of the bag. And Hank's like, what gives? I'll, I'll help you. Like, any brother-in-law would look at the mm-hmm. other brother-in-law and go, well, I'm just, it's family, just trying to help. Like, what are you doing? And um, Hank grabs the bag and, you know, can't lift it without you know, struggling. And he goes, what do you have in these cinder blocks? And, <laughs> and, and Cranston is Walter White looks at him and he's like, what do I, like you could see his wheels are kind of spinning, but his face doesn't change. And he goes a half million dollars in cash. <laughs> and of course, Hank thinks he's joking and then just throws it in the truck. But what was really in there was a half million dollars in cash. I love the show and it's funny. And then it's also Heartbreaking. Got to watch it, man. Is incredible. You know what else I just saw too is thirty years ago today, uh, Doctor Richard Kimball got arrested for murdering his wife. Is that right? Was, was that thirty was, years ago today? Was first in studio in in theaters no, no, near no. you? No, not in theaters. The but the date on his mugshot is oh. January twentieth. <laughs> Interesting. And the movie came out in ninety three. So. <laughs> and then we found out that his wife was actually killed by Brooke Lopez, right? <laughs> Am I the only one that thinks that Brooke Lopez looks like the one-armed man? <laughs> Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez. Look All right, hold on a second. Please. Now, now, now I gotta go look at this. Please. The one-armed man. No, uh, I need a split screen of oh, Brooke Lopez and the one-armed man. And the and the and the one-armed man. <laughs> oh God! Did you turn your your yeah, mic was off, on. TJ. Your mic is off, TJ. Oh, I just yeah. I just was like I can see that. That's all I saw. Take oh, a look at Brooke all Lopez. Right, Brooke Lopez. And the guy who played the one-armed man in the in in when did, in, when did we find out that these samples were switched? Gosh, how long after was that? A week. One of my it was a while. He was on the run. One of my right. favorite he was on the run for a little while. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite movies of all time. And that's, that's a remote drop. You know, ba- back to Breaking Bad. I personally Close. almost affected the entire series of Breaking Bad one night in Hollywood. Oh, my goodness oh gracious. Oh my I, was, I was driving on Gower. <laughs> True, though. This is actually a good story. Okay. Yeah. I was driving on Gower, going to a, a party in some club right down from Roscoe's on Hollywood and Gower. It was one of these things I was trying to make the yellow light before it turned red, <laughs> and I'm just gunning it, and then a dude runs out in front of my car, and I got to literally slam on my brakes, and I end up halfway out in front of the boulevard. I almost hit this guy. It was Aaron Paul. <laughs> Wow. And and so I knew Aaron Paul. I got into the party and I say to him, yo, man, that was me in the El Camino. I had an El Camino, too, by the way, which is another thing. He was like, yo. So we talked and I was like, bro, I hear great stuff about this new show you're in, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized I hadn't even seen it. So I went home that night. I found some weird website and I start watching Breaking Bad at like midnight and I stay up till four in the morning. I watched like four episodes. Weird website like, called what? YouTube? Well, no, you know, YouTube back in like, YouTube didn't exist really yeah. back in 2015. When you almost hit uh, almost, Aaron Paul with your, with your car. With my El Camino. Yeah. You guys made me watch okay. it because you guys would talk about it all the time. All the time. We ready? We are ready. 
Mike I mean, Del Tufo. It's been, this is, we haven't done yeah. this in well over a year, right? Maybe longer. We, we used to do this every... Uh, did we do it last year? I don't, I don't remember. remember. I don't remember. Something that doesn't need to be done every week just because I suck at it. <laughs> You're but it's great fun. at it. No, I actually got better at this it. because is I crucial information, Mike. Yeah, it's like this... Divisional playoff weekend. It's at Kansas City. It's, it's like, at Philadelphia. It's at Orchard Park, New York, Western New York. And it's at San Francisco where it was raining cats and dogs. It's like Punxsutawney Phil. He comes out once a year. Here we go. Let's see if Mike Del Tufo... Tufo sees hey, his shadow. Get it. It's raining sideways. <laughs> Tufo with the weekend weather Come on, Mikey. Let's go. Mike, here we go. Let's, let's go. Come on. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> what? Here we go. Come on. Okay. You guys know this is, I love this as a weatherman. Because you're a weatherman? All the games are outside. I love it, All the games are outside. Yes, they are. Okay, so Saturday we have two games, and Sunday we have two games. That's true. These are I'm true. trying to be dumb. Simple math right there. First game, Jacksonville KC. It is going to be 36 degrees, overcast, light winds, two miles an hour, mm-hmm. and snow showers and light rain. When? With a 22. Yeah, well, you don't know during the game. You know, you can't. We, we, I'm not making okay. that prediction. So it's like I put my hand out like my picture. I don't. I mean, I can't. No, no. Okay. So we got that. All right. That's the first game. Second game: New York Giants at Philly, down the road from my house. And I, used to, I love Philly. And, By the and, way, and Redondo. These are all no, 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 when I lived in New Jersey. <laughs> these are all pertinent facts. These are pertinent to the weather pattern that's coming. coming. It'll be thirty-eight degrees, yes. partly cloudy, no precipitation, three mile an hour winds, oh, okay. and I, I, I want to say right now. Perfect, perfect game for Philly perfect and, night. and the Giants. And you're the are you the only weatherman that could tell your brother, hey, stick your hand out the window and tell me how it is. And by the way, right? yes, I could do that too. But I've also I've done like three or four NFC championships in Philly. Yeah, the link, I love it. One of my favorite fields. Yes. It's going to be perfect, perfect weather for the game there. Okay. Then we move to Sunday, Cincinnati at Buffalo. You guys all know Buffalo crazy weather. Mike Hoskins will tell you all about it. It's going to be 33 degrees. Yes, overcast. Eight mile an hour winds, light snow, oh. and light rain throughout the game. Oh, wintry mix. Which means throughout the game. Winter, I'm not going to say wintry mix because I actually said it perfect. But winds, light, wintry mix. I'll say it again. That's twice. But this game yes. is going to be a fun game to watch because when that starts coming down, yes. the players are going to be like, they're going to love it. Come on. They love this weather. Yes. All right. Confirmed. Final game. Dallas yeah, at San Francisco. I know. Dallas at San Francisco. Are you going to the game? game which I going? am probably going to hey. see. Hey. Okay. On it site. is going to be, yes, 54 degrees, hey. mostly cloudy. That's no problem. Look at this. Seven mile an hour winds. Light. Perfect day. Ba-boom. It's going to be a perfect game. Perfect day. There you go. Mike Del Tufo's Good weather job, Mike. Report. I got better. I'm sweating a little, though. I did sweat. I That's sweat. That's my favorite part about it. I do flop sweat. I, I flop sweat. It's just flop sweat. What do we call it? 100% chance of flop sweat. I need, like, fans on me. I'm like one of those performers on stage. Look just put the fans. I look do actually get sweat. I sweat. sweats this thing Because you guys are literally <laughs> looking. I feel. Now you know how I feel in my power rankings. By the way. By the way. I say exactly. This guy. By the way. I, I probably said I did better that time. Shouldn't I that totally. be for someone else to determine no, if I, I did better? But no, no. Oh. I mean, you know right. me. Let me set the stage. <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. Thank you, Mike. Great oh, job. God. Thank you Good for letting job, me do that. I love it. I got one more week of this. Guys. Go Everybody. You want music? It's time. Yes, give it to me. And I felt films. Come on. It is divisional playoff weekend. Yes, sir. Re, it's time. Yes, the team that's chosen first on the clock, the last two drafts, 
has an opportunity, number one on the clock, against the number one seed in the AFC and take them out in one and done them. Or the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes tells everybody, Tyreek's home and we're moving on. That whole business of Tyreek's gone, what's going to happen for us? Guess what? We're moving on. Jacksonville's out. Can't wait for that game on Saturday night. The one seed Philadelphia Eagles, they were the last team to lose a football game. They are sitting there at home. Everybody's got to come to Philadelphia. But here come the New York football giants off of that win against the Minnesota Vikings. Can they make it to the NFC Championship game? Can Danny Dimes and Brian Dayball make it to the NFC Championship game? That's entirely possible. Then comes the Buffalo Bills taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Two versus three last year. Joe Burrow was sitting at home smoking a cigar, watching Mahomes and Allen beat each other up. This time, Mahomes could be home smoking a cigar, watching Allen and Burrow beat each other up. Who's going to go visit Mahomes or who's going to have the opportunity to welcome Trevor Lawrence into their house? It's going to be a dynamite football game. The folks in Western New York are going to be out of their skulls. And the Bengals would love to say to those people in Bill's Mafia, hope you enjoy those tickets to Atlanta. Hope you have a receipt. Guess what? You're not going. And then, of course, the Dallas Cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers. Can the Cowboys finally end that long stretch since 95 of not making the NFC Championship game? If they take out the 49ers, guess what? They could even host Danny Dimes in one. Or they go to Philadelphia. Unless Brock Purdy says, I've got a magic carpet. And I'm riding all the way into Philadelphia for the NFC Championship game. Or I'm welcoming Danny Dimes. Could you imagine a Danny Dimes-Brock Purdy NFC oh, Championship bring it game? On. No, yeah. no bring it. I can't. These bring are it. all on I can't the table, that. folks. Have a great, Unimaginable. fun, divisional playoff weekend. See you Monday. Let's go, Cowboys.